Welcome to Behind the Blazer. I'm your host, Scott Sampier. In this episode, I sit down with Melissa Shanahan West and discuss what it is to be a parent volunteer. Her two sons have been involved in the Philadelphia Boys Choir and Chorale for over seven years, and she has been volunteering since they began. This interview took place during a rehearsal to prepare for the Christmas season, so what you hear in the background is the Philadelphia Boys Choir rehearsing. Enjoy. Behind the Blazer is the official podcast for the Philadelphia Boys Choir and Chorale. For over 50 years, the Philadelphia Boys Choir and Chorale has been entertaining audiences near and far as America's ambassadors of song. The Emmy-winning and Grammy-nominated program has toured regions and countries of all inhabited continents, performing for many dignitaries and in many of the world's premier concert venues. This podcast, Behind the Blazer, reveals the stories from the choir through interview format. I'm here today with Melissa Shanahan West, a parent volunteer who has been very active for a very long time. I want to say welcome and thank you for coming. Of course, I'm happy to do this. How long have you been part of the choir here? Um, This is my children's sixth season in the performing choir and they did one year in the advanced cadets okay so that would be seven total years at this point seven total years and what drew you to the philadelphia boys choir and chorale in the first place Um, my son's elementary school music teacher suggested it would be a good thing for him to try out for and we did and we ended up here as far as their roles in the choir now what are they doing in the choir if if anything Um, My older son moved up to the junior chorale last year, so this is his second year in chorale, and Daniel is in his sixth year in Red Blazer. That's amazing. Yes. Six years. Is that a record? I don't think it's a record, but (laughs) I definitely think it's probably his last year, because his voice is going to have to change sometime. Sure. Because he's 16 now. Wow. And as far as the junior chorale, that's something that some of our listeners might not be aware of. So can you please describe that for us? Sure. When we first started, there was no junior chorale. It's something that the choir and Jeff have created. Um, It is more a transition for the boys whose voices have changed. Um, Michael's voice part is actually cambiata which I'm told means the changing male voice. It hasn't really settled into where it's going to be yet. Wow. So the junior chorale are the young guys who are singing the the men's parts. Okay. So it it sounds like there's... They have music for the changing voice somehow. It must take a master stroke to be able to to create that. I I think that would be a question for Jeff. I think that's what he does. (laughs) Sure. Michael says that sometimes they sing the the, um, alto part with the boys. Sometimes it's the tenor part. Sometimes it's a combination. You know, it's it's interesting, but it's definitely Jeff's creation. How many years is that window in the junior chorale as it stands now? Do you know? Any? I, I really don't know, I, because I said it didn't really exist when we first started, and it's sure. something that's been growing. Uh, because originally when, they, when we first started, we were told that once the boy's voice changes, then they're asked to leave right. until their voice is done changing, and then they can rejoin as a member of the men's chorale. So this is kind of that transition period so that they don't, they don't have to leave. 
Yeah, it's I, I been remember. wonderful because I can't imagine how awful it would be to be told, all right, you're done. I mean, I just think about when my voice was changing and how how insecure I was and to be told that perhaps I'm not good enough anymore for something would have been really devastating. So it's it's wonderful to know that there is this program as part of the Boys Choir and Chorale yes, here. definitely. You've been part of the PBCC for seven years. Mm-hmm. When did you decide, I need to be actively involved as uh, a mom? Day one. Okay. <laughs> uh, my older son is on the autistic spectrum. Okay. So whenever we join any program organization um, that he's involved in, I'm, I, I always look at it as if I have one foot out the door. If it's not the right place for him, then we're not going to stay. Okay. And because of that, I'm here on site, and because I'm here, I might as well be helping. Has your help helped him to transition into the choir from, from the beginning? I mean, I, I'm sure with someone who has uh, who is on the autistic spectrum, change is, is difficult. So mm-hmm. did you find his transition into the boys' choir to, uh, to be any more challenging, any less challenging? Where, where was that for him? I think it was just as challenging as it would be for any boy. Okay. Because Michael just assimilated into the structure very easily, and Jeff is fantastic with him, always has been, so. How has that come to fruition? How have you seen Jeff interact with him so that you say that? Oh, well, one of my favorite stories is when his voice was changing. He um, denied that his voice was changing, and he would talk in this falsetto voice for months when everyone knew it was not his real voice and we came in for a voice check he comes in talking in that high falsetto he goes down in two minutes with jeff he comes back up and he, hi mom <laughs> jeff told him it was okay that his voice was changing so it's okay wow that, that shows after, the relationship he has with Jeff. And after months of working with a speech therapist, his autism specialist, his one-on-one aide, mom, grandmom, everybody trying to convince him it was okay. Two minutes with Mr. Smith and it was okay. Since day one, you've been active in the choir, of course, mm-hmm. with your, your older son, Michael. Um, and also you've reached out to, to other families and to other children who have been part of the choir. You've filled, I'm sure you've filled many roles. I'm interested to hear what your roles have been through your time here. Um, the two major ones I've been help, helping with the wardrobe. Um, that's the sizing of the blazers, the maintenance of the blazers, and... and um, sewing on buttons and helping kids backstage and and everything in between Um, and then the other is helping with uh, the library downstairs okay and um, and working with sorting music and organizing and that's mr stroud's project so i've been helping him with that so as far as the library goes, does that mean that anyone who's part of the boys' choir has access to it? Is it only for Mr. Smith as he makes musical selections? What yeah, is it's that? a library of music that has been uh, collected over the years by the choir of pieces that they've purchased or written um, and has now included um, the girls' choir voice parts. Um, but it is, it's maintained and, and owned by the choir, so I don't think it's accessible to anybody, but... You know, it's what the choir uses to pick their selections every year. The other role you were talking about is the uniform uh, 
the uniform check, I guess you could say. Right. Um, you sew on the buttons. Is that something that you had to learn here? Are you normally uh, handy with a, a sewing machine with buttons or <laughs> however that works? I'm not very handy myself. Uh, my mom is a seamstress. Oh, wow. So I grew up around... You couldn't avoid that. Yes, right? the sewing. And I never was really very interested in learning. So, but I, I know how to sew on a button and I adjust sleeves and I could do basic hems and things like that, which I didn't realize was such a rare yeah, talent until I got here and most of the moms were uncomfortable with even sewing on buttons. But it's something I can contribute and the choir has done so much for my kids. Mm-hmm. over the years that mm-hmm. anything I can do to give back I will that, that's awesome it's just the amazing t- transformation from little boy to young man you know it's just been phenomenal and it's it's definitely something I would attribute to their time in the choir so what about the choir has helped them grow up I think part of it is the level of excellence that is expected um, by the directors and everyone involved and just the the pride of something that they've earned because mm-hmm. it's difficult to earn a blazer and there you don't get you know a special pass you, everyone has to earn that blazer the same way and then once they do they're a member of a group that there's a certain amount of pride that you are a member of the Philadelphia Boys Choir and they get a certain level of respect but they have to give that respect too and there's a behavioral expectation mm-hmm. that um, that I th- think has been ingrained in them that's it's really great to be able to see the standards and then see your your children strive to meet those standards and um, I'm sure that that I don't mean to put a word into your mouth but mm-hmm. it probably fills you with pride um, sure. seeing that that all come together well sure but and it's you know it's definitely rewarding as a mom but I I think what's more rewarding is to see that they have pride in themselves yes you know it's one of those things where you don't want to say I'm proud of you it's that be proud of yourself you've earned this you've achieved this and you deserve it Melissa's son Daniel earned a solo in one of the 12 blazer songs this is his solo for holy You can hear him singing the descant where he is hitting all the high notes. Enjoy. back to the interview with Melissa Shanahan West. 
Going back to the uniforms again. Sure. There has been a, a change in the blazers, is that correct? Yes, we've been purchasing new blazers. New blazers. So how has that changed your role, if at all? Um, not really. I mean, it's added a little bit for those of us that work with them because we had to decide what sizes to purchase, kind of guess mm-hmm. um, what sizes are going to be coming up into the into the choir okay. and, and how they're going to grow so that we have blazers that are the right size, which is always a challenge. It's a big puzzle. Oh, sure. And you have a certain, you have a set of a certain number and si- of sizes, and then you have to kind of make them fit. It sounds like as Jeff's scouting the talent, you're scouting the sizes and shapes of the kids. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we're pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, there, there are several of us that work in that capacity. There, there's one parent whose job it is to oversee the sizing process. We do that twice a year. Um, and my job is more inventory. Okay. And then there's another mom who... Um, maintains the online site where parents can sign up to volunteer. Okay. Well, that sounds like it's teamwork that is working so far, at least, right? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and there's also a wardrobe bag that travels with the boys to every concert that has extra buttons, safety pins, an extra set of clothing in case we have accidents, you know. And there's a mom who maintains those bags. So there's quite a few volunteer opportunities with an organization like this. Yeah, and I'm sure you've seen moments when there is a last-minute button needed or a last-minute clothing change. Is that a regular situation with 80 different boys? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's easy to say yes. I mean, we've done everything from last-minute changes where I'm pinning a pair of white pants that is three sizes too big to fit a boy right before they go on stage because they spilled tomato soup on white pants um, to a young man at Carnegie Hall who spilled water on his blazer and we've got a hairdryer so I had you know another mom was using a hairdryer on a blazer right before going on stage in Carnegie Hall <laughs> so there's always something I'm always sewing on a button here or pinning something or checking ties or straight hair Yes. He's combed. All of those things happen last minute, and it's all parent volunteers. So how many parent volunteers are back there during, a, say, the full concert with all 80 boys and the corral and everything? How many that, do you need? That is something that Jeff decides how many parents he wants, and then um, they, we find the number. Most concerts, there's two. Two? Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and in many times it's it's one it ends up staying backstage with a child who's ill or mm-hmm. needs help, and then the other parent is watching the concert, waiting to see if somebody is going to need help. Sure, and that yeah. does happen from time to time. Some one of the choristers needs to leave the stage. Mm-hmm. Um, have you ever felt overwhelmed by the the need? of kids coming off of stage for what reason or yeah we've had some some years there was one year that a stomach flu went through the choir at christmas time oh wow and we had quite a few issues with that um at the uh, 50th anniversary concert the kimmel stage got very warm and i had seven walk-offs in the first half wow all because they just felt dizzy or faint or you know something like that like they discourage them to walk off for minor reasons. Right. 
but it's preferable that they walk off and handle an issue backstage than throw up or faint on stage. Sure. Have you yeah. seen someone faint on stage before? Yes. Wow. Yes. That must have been kind of upsetting to say the least. Yeah, it's frustrating um, if I'm working that concert because I want to go up on stage and get them. Yes. But at the same time, it's you, you need to stay out of sight. So it's a balance. So what happened then? Did they stop the music or they finish the song and then tend to the boy? The boys that were around him pulled him kind of behind the choir and then I was able to get around. That was at the Basilica. Wow. So I was able to get around from behind. Okay. So the concert went on. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That is something. <laughs> yeah, but it's it, it's really something that any parent can do. I mean, because we are in Pennsylvania, you have to have your clearances in. So any parent who wants to volunteer to be what they call a wardrobe parent mm-hmm. um, has to get their clearances, their child abuse and criminal check in. Um, but any parent can do it because it's parental instincts, really. Sure. Is what they're asking for. Just watch the boys, take care of them backstage. If they need anything, make sure they look good before they walk on stage. Make sure shoes are tied, that kind of thing. <laughs> it seems so simple, and yet I'm just imagining with with 80 boys to care for. It seems like it could be very overwhelming. Oh, oh this shoe's untied, that button's not right. And, and I'm constantly scanning, even when I'm not working. <laughs> uh, that A particular performance, I'm constantly scanning the choir, looking for ties, hair, and somebody who's wavering a little bit because wow. if they're they're looking a little unsteady on their feet then that's what worries me so with all this training and all the responsibilities you have do you get to enjoy the music i i have never not enjoyed the mu- music put it that way i'll never get tired of the sound of a boys choir even when my boys move on it's a very unique pure sound mm-hmm. that that i n- never gets old also, I did want to talk about the background checks and everything mm-hmm. like that. Uh, you did mention that, of course. What is required there, by Pennsylvania State? Uh, you have to have a background check for for what? It, there's a child abuse check that you okay. do with the state of Pennsylvania. There is a criminal check that is also the state of Pennsylvania. And then there's an FBI clearance. Okay. Uh, and that's required for any volunteer in this in the state of Pennsylvania for any organization so long as they're working with children correct Correct. okay mm-hmm. but that's a standard that the boys choir does keep right Okay. yeah because there's going to be times that you are going to be interacting with it with the boys and it's just it's required and it it also makes parents feel better knowing that the choir is keeping that standard exactly yeah I know that that was something that I was concerned about as well when I was joining, well, when my son was joining the choir and I was a new parent, I'm like, well, what's, I'm not going to be able to be in touch with him for how long and who's going to be back with him and right. and just knowing that there were people like you caring for him, people who were trained and, and parents themselves um, and checked too, mm-hmm. that's what I really yeah. meant to say, but uh, that, right. that definitely assuaged a lot of the and anxiety. Yeah, but sure, because you know that we will contact a parent if it's necessary. But it's definitely discouraged for parents to come backstage if they see their son walk off. Right. You know, just know that they're being taken care of. Yeah. And if there is something you need to know, you will know. Yes. 
And I remember as a parent myself with, uh, with sports, I've seen my child get hurt on the field. And my first instinct is I want to go run out and cuddle this kid and make sure it's okay. But you can't do that. You can't. Um, for their growth and for yours. Right. And to, to uphold the standard that this is a professional organization, professional performing choir. It's not, you know, they don't, you don't want mommy giving them hugs right off stage as much as you want to. Right. You know, it's, that's part of the whole pride in yourself and your organization. You're presenting yourself as a professional performer. Right. So throughout the years, uh, of course, you've talked about your son's growing and changing um, with the choir. I'm sure you've seen, because of your involvement and how close you get to these boys, you've seen other boys grow and change as well. What has it been like to see all these different kids grow as they have? Oh, it's pretty awesome, actually, to see, because I've been around for so long, to see the boys that I've been able to hand a blazer to because they just earned their blazer, and they're one of my little guys. And now I'm literally looking up to them because they've gotten taller than me over the years. And their voice drops and they are a young man. And, you know, it's it's pretty cool to see somebody that I know, one in particular, that... um, was cha- had some challenges, some behavioral challenges when he was younger. Okay. And now he is a extremely mannerly, mature young man. You know, to see that growth over time is pretty cool. Yeah, that's that's really wonderful. And to know that you can take this ride with them on this trip in their mm-hmm. lives that they're going to remember. Yeah, um. and to, to say to a little one who just earned his blazer, you know, you will do that. You know, I'll see, I know, I know, I'm 100% confident that you will be that. And we'll get to see you do that. And, you know, the ones who are nervous about trying out for a solo. Yes. Like, if you're in the Philadelphia Boys Choir, if you made it this far, you're capable. You just have (laughs) to believe you're capable and just try. Because it's really awesome to see somebody do their first solo. Yeah. Yeah, you actually, uh, right before this interview, you just handed out another blazer to mm-hmm. a boy. It's, uh, yep. It sounds like it never gets commonplace for you as never. many times as you've Every done. single boy is special. And now it's time for Just Kidding. Jokes from the choristers in the Philadelphia Boys Choir. Enjoy. What do you call a fish with no eye? Psh. What do you call a deer with no eyes? I have no idea. <laughs> What, what do you call a metal deer with no eyes? I still have no idea. What do you call a monster with no eyes? Blind. Who's next? Knock, knock. Who's there? Who? Who, who? Why do you sound like an owl? There's two muffins in an oven in Arizona. One of them says, what, boy, it's hot in here. The other one says, dog, you're in Arizona. What do you think? This has been Just Kidding with your Philadelphia Boys Choir Choristers. And now, back to the interview. You've said you've always appreciated the Boys Choir and the music you've always enjoyed, but undoubtedly there are some performances that maybe the director or the choristers don't feel like it meets the high standards of the Philadelphia mm-hmm. Boys Choir and Corral. How have you seen how have you seen them respond, especially the boys? How do the boys respond when they don't meet that high standard? Well, I think that that comes into play with the the respect and pride in self. They get frustrated 
and they know that they didn't meet the standard. Right. And you can hear them talk about it afterwards, like, wow, that didn't go so well. But what's really cool is if somebody, say, one of our soloists, um, didn't quite hit the note right or, you know, and he feels awful for himself, Mm -hmm. that's part of the camaraderie of the choir. The rest of the choir will say, hey, man, it's all right. You know, you got this. You know, and next time will be better. You know, there's just this family feeling amongst the boys. And it sounds like there's not a lot of... This is what I'm inferring from what you're saying is it sounds like there's not just support, but it could have been sour grapes. I didn't get that solo, and look, he messed up. I could have done better. It's more of a let's support this I mean, let's be honest. Of the 80 boys, there's going to be some of that because they are little boys. boys, yeah. Yeah, and for many of them... They're coming from schools where they're the only one in the choir from that school, so they get a certain amount of recognition from right. their school, and they may come into this expecting to be special. But we have 80 special boys up on stage, and they're, like I said, they're, they're there, they earned it, they're all capable. You know, so it's some of that, and I know my older son, the autistic one, um, he struggled a bit and had to learn how to be a member of a group. You know, yeah, and I think that's also something that is learned through this experience. It's like you are a really awesome singer, and you can do this, but so is everybody else around you. Right? Yeah, I I um, talked to Mr. Smith earlier and said I'd never seen a musical group as such a team. Mm-hmm. And I'm not I'm not musically trained at all, but really coming into the boys' choir here, I've seen the teamwork that they have to do, and it's it just amazes me. Yeah, and just like any classroom coming from an education background, it's the the way the classroom was set up. So it is uh, the lessons that are being taught from the top down. So it's mm-hmm. the way Jeff runs the choir and John and the the way that they speak to the boys about being part of a group. That, you know, this is this one of those standards that's you know, it has to be upheld. So considering all these different aspects of the choir, what we've talked about, these uh, character traits that they help develop, is there a specific quality or aspect of the choir that's most important to you and your family? I don't think there's one that I can narrow it down to. I, the, the boys, and I just love the whole experience. You know, the boys have been on many, many tours. They adore going on tour. They hate going on tour, and they adore going on tour all at the same time. Um, but I think that has been one of those defining features of their growth has been the tours. But How was it to have your, your autistic son specifically, I don't mean to pick on him by any mm-hmm. means, but um, having him go on tour and being away from you? He went to China. That was their first tour. Okay. And it was one of the hardest things I've ever done as a mom. But, yeah. yeah, I would not have been able to send them with any other group. But, you know, I don't, when they go on tour, I don't worry about their safety. You know, um, I miss them terribly, and it, it hurts my heart to not have my children right. with me. But right. I don't worry about them. Wow, that speaks volumes. <laughs> so over the course of these seven years, of course, you've been very active and you've done so many things. You've obviously worked with Jeff Smith and John Stroud. How's your relationship with them grown? 
Well, I have utmost respect and trust in both of them for the way that they handle themselves as human beings, but also as professionals. Um, they both have never ceased to impress me with the way they handle very difficult situations with venues and boys and you know, taking this large acquire in and out of all kinds of places and and yeah they I have nothing but respect for them that's great yeah I, I can only imagine how do you take 120 people to another country and find a place to eat not just once but for basically right. two or three three and a half weeks that's right and talk just... about it as if they're just going down the block <laughs> it takes a lot of skill <laughs> you and know it's courage just, yeah and it just it's it's an amazing thing and you know they instill a lot of respect you know and you know, trust because i know that Oh, there are going to be situations that are going to be difficult. Not everybody's going to agree with the decisions they make. But I think overall, especially, you know, when you're talking about the, the boys, they care about each one as an individual. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you care about the choir as a whole and how they present and the level of performance. But right. it's very obvious they also care about each individual boy, which has got to be interesting for them to see them because the boys are only in the choir for so many years and then a new batch comes in right yeah but to put that much time and effort into each individual it is pretty phenomenal i think all right shifting gears a little bit i'm just thinking about the parents who are considering volunteering or their boys are maybe about to join the choir, what, what advice would you give? What kind of learning curve should they expect in volunteering um, in a role like yours or one similar in the boys' choir? Well, I think any parent who does this with the choir will say their first year is a little overwhelming. Okay. Um, it's a lot. It's a lot to get used to. When I first started with the choir, I always felt like there was this inner circle Mm -hmm. of people that knew everything and how to do everything and I was on the outside okay you know and and I just couldn't get a grasp of what was going on um, and then I found out there's no inner circle everybody's in the same boat mm -hmm. things change quickly with a performing choir you know as you know they just added another December 4th is there's another hold on our calendar um, <laughs> but um, yeah, and you get used to just being very flexible and just going with the flow and and doing what you can. And I think that my advice to any parent is get your legs under you, sea legs under you first. Okay. Um, and then see where you fit the best. Not every parent, you know, wants to be backstage and sewing on buttons and that's right. okay right you know not everybody has to do that sure you know you find your ways of helping the choir even if it's just you know numbering mu music in the library for the course of a rehearsal because you're there anyway mm -hmm. you know that or just you know uh, at Christmas time they're looking for parents who will help feed the boys as they move from one thing to another there yeah there's always something and you don't have to do something that you're not comfortable with what would help you in in what you do what would make it smoother maybe even more rewarding um, 
if there's anything. If I lived a little closer. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of the a lot of us think that. Yeah, the the drive gets to be a bit much, and it gets frustrating, especially at Christmas time and right. the traffic getting to and from things. I mean, in an ideal world, my biggest frustration is parking. Mm-hmm. When at venues, especially in Philly finding places to park if i had a personal parking spot <laughs> at every venue i'd be happy right? yes exactly <laughs> but no seriously it's um one of the things about the choir is that they're constantly evolving and looking for ways to make things better and easier for parents so you know and that's something that they're always open to suggestions and trying to make things better and that's Wonderful. what i've found over the years that anytime i said hey you know have you ever looked at doing it this way? You know, it's, I'm never told, well, no, we do it this way because we've always done it this way and we're not going to look at any other way. It's, right. You know, it's like they're always looking for ways to make things better. And that opens up the whole opportunity for growth. Absolutely. Way. And, you know, there are parents with talents and the ability to help in ways that maybe the choir hasn't considered. So, right. it's always worth asking. Well, is there anything else that you would like to add to our conversation here that people out there might want to hear? Other than if you're thinking about having your son try out and join, just try. You know, take that leap of faith and, and do it. Because I was deathly afraid of driving in the city mm. when we first started. <laughs> that was the scariest thing I could possibly consider coming from Chester County and now after seven years I'm not going to say it's easy or that I like it but it's worth it. Well Melissa it's been a pleasure to sit and talk with you about your role here in the Philadelphia Boys Choir and Chorale and I want to thank you for your years of service and dedication and thank you also for your time here. Of course. This has been a podcast of Behind the Blazer, the official podcast of the Philadelphia Boys Choir and Chorale. To buy tickets for the next performance, support, hire the choir, or audition, go to our website at phillyboyschoir.org.